Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 70. It's now been 28 weeks, four days, since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today I'm down at my local park and it's kind of a hybrid between the bonus episodes where I come down here and just walk around to figure out what I'm thinking and a regular episode where I make notes and look at comments that I want to read or listen to calls on the bravery hotline that I want to tell you about. So today is kind of half and half. The first part, I'm going to be walking around the park. So you're going to hear my footsteps, my breathing. There's kids out playing. You're going to hear the normal things that you hear when I'm doing a walk around the park episode. Then hopefully it will be shady at the podcast rock and I can go through some of the really kind comments and what those thoughts triggered for me from last episode day 69. But before I get off to walking, I want to super thank my second Coffee Clatch subscriber. So that means that somebody has subscribed to make a donation to support Compulsive Overeating Diary every month. And I wanted to tell you all what that means to me. Besides my emotional happiness, of course, yay, I'm really happy that the show means enough that you want to subscribe. But it also means that I can kind of count on that money, at least from month to month, for a while. So that means I went ahead and bumped up the amount of show storage that I have with my media provider. What does that mean to you, the listening audience? It means that it's more likely you're gonna get bonus episodes or more episodes when I can because I won't have to worry about am I going over my storage limit. So thanks again, second Coffee Clutch subscriber and also the person who left me a five-star rating on iTunes. I super appreciate that. Every star rating that we get, helps the show be found. And while we're on this topic, you Canada, if any one of you in Canada have not given a rating yet for Compulsive Overeating Diary, especially if you like it, please go do that because I think just one more rating means that I would show up better in search in Canada. All right, let's listen to Josh and I'll ponder what I need to let go of today. But I'm letting go. Thanks, Josh. This really is a day where I needed to listen carefully to the words of your inspirational snippet of I'm letting go because I'm really kind of in a blue mood. I'm just not feeling top drawer. And what do I need to let go of today is exactly that that I need to wake up every single morning feeling that my body balance is 10. I'm five out of five stars. Couldn't be better. A number one, super enthusiastic, super happy, like every day is Christmas, that every day is a holiday. Sometimes I think that if I don't feel super positive, super on top of the world, super great, that I take that as an all or nothing failure. And there's some days where it's just boring or you're sad, or something happens, or you didn't sleep well, and that's kind of what happened to me last night. 
but I notice that I take that as sort of a failure. If things are going great, like I felt great on day 69, yay, thumbs up for me, I feel okay. If for whatever reason I feel disappointed or that I'm disappointing people or that I'm just not feeling great, I even get mad at myself for not sleeping well. Now, those of you that have had insomnia yourself know that getting mad because you can't sleep is not very conducive to helping you sleep better. But I realized this morning when I heard the critical hard voice in my head berating me because, you know, it's like, oh, have you ever gone to tell your friend, oh, I'm just feeling kind of down? And your friend, trying to be helpful, says to you, oh, but you have a great marriage, you have a great life, you have great kids or whatever. You know, you have a great job, you have this, you have that, you have this, you have that. Meaning, (laughs) or you take it like, oh, I see. I have no right nor reason to be feeling blue. I, I get that. So I'm even more of a pathetic loser than I thought I was because I actually feel blue when I have all of these great things. So to reiterate my list, why am I feeling blue? This is what my critical voice is telling me. Well, Lori, didn't you just tell everybody on day 69 how great you're feeling and how good you're doing with intuitive eating? And you're actually even in smaller size pants, which if you're interested, I am, is still walking in these smaller pants today. Your husband is great, and he even did a nice feature for you. People enjoy that. Your house is beautiful. You remodeled that. You live in Southern California, which is a huge blessing. All kinds of cool stuff to do, groups to join, nice weather. You're retired. You don't have to go to work and do stuff you don't like. So as you can see, Brave Companions, I have quite the list of good stuff in my life. So what the heck is wrong? Why is it that I would wake up feeling blue? Well, one reason is I let myself feel extremely positive on day 69. I felt good about myself and I said so. I said, well, this intuitive eating for me is really working. Not only is it helping my relationship with my husband, as he said, but my relationship with food is really being transformed and I can tell it. I can tell it in myself and I can tell it from Mark's comments and I can tell it in my reaction to going out socially and how very different of an experience that is for me now than it was when I was on some kind of food plan, no matter what that was, whether it was restrictive calories, or certain food types were okay and other ones were not. Whatever kind of food thing I was on, in the past, that would have been my focus. Oh no, company's coming, or I'm going to a party, or we're going out to dinner. And what can I eat? What can I not eat? And that would kind of consume my mind and take me away from the experience of actually 
listening to the people I was going out to meet or letting go of the experience of sharing something of myself because my mind was really counting how many calories in the bread roll that I just ate or two or berating myself. Oh no, you ate carbs, you, you ate the bread roll. Oh no. Or calculating, this is a really good wine, but can I have another glass of that? Or how many calories is this? But it's kind of like my whole world was a filter. And I know you know, you know from listening to me, <laughs> my whole stinking world was a filter of food. What can I eat? What can I not eat? Can I get thin? I'm getting fat. Oh no, I've been fat. Now let's go on a diet and let's devote ourselves to that 150%, even though that's not possible, but you know the feeling. Let me just devote to that and let me experience that feeling of hope that comes from jumping feet first into a diet and the willpower that it takes and, and how good I feel about myself for doing that. And it did. It always gave me that new feeling of hope. Just like a new date when you're looking for a relationship, okay? You get a date, you have a feeling of hope. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the person who'll get me. Maybe this is someone I'll fall in love with. Maybe they'll fall in love with me. Maybe we'll get married and live happily ever after, at last. <laughs> well, <laughs> real life doesn't go that way. Even if you're happily married, it isn't Prince Charming and Cinderella all day long every day. There's times when you're close. There's times when you're not close. There's times you get sick. There's times that they're sick. You can have financial ups, financial downs, all kinds of things. So nothing in life is aligned in the sand where once you cross over it, everything about that line on the other side is perfect. So whether it's your diet, your relationship, your new job, moving to a new city, whatever it is, giving up smoking. Now, I will say, as I told you long ago, I gave up smoking and oh my goodness, that was a great thing to do. And I feel proud of that and I have energy. But the issues that I had that made me want to smoke in that smoking made me chemically feel better, gave me something to do, gave me a way to bond with the other kids who were also smoking. All of those things still existed. So even though I do have a line in the sand of the day that I gave up smoking forever and all of the time since, the only thing I gave up at that time was dealing with life through cigarettes. Everything else that caused me to wish to smoke still existed except for my chemical dependence on nicotine. I no longer have a chemical dependence on nicotine, but I still have the wish to fit in. I still have stress. I still have times where I don't know what to do with my hands. I still have times of boredom where I wanna fill my time with something. I still have all of those things that led to my being a smoker when I was. Well, let's put that onto my eating experience, okay? Yes, there have been vast times in my life for me to lose weight with Weight Watchers the first time took, I think 13 months to lose 50 some pounds and get down very, very slender. 
That took 13 months of intense concentration and walking three miles every day, rain or shine, no matter what, for me to lose weight. Now that one stayed very briefly because that was definitely a moment where I was thinking wrongly, yay, once I'm here at my goal weight, I'm done. Now bring back the pizza. And no, that really doesn't work. If you are using some kind of weight loss plan or food plan, my advice to you would be try to incorporate foods that you really like to eat and that you will continue to eat in, a, in the same way even when you're down to your maintenance goal. My first Weight Watcher experience all the way to goal was a good example of what not to do. I was eating diet everything. I wasn't eating what I did like. I was just doing all that I could to get this weight off, thinking that my life would then be perfect and all of my troubles would disappear once I finally got, quote, thin, unquote. Surprise, surprise, that didn't happen for me <laughs> because even though I use calorie restriction and exercise as a way to take off body fat, which it will do, if you are eating less than you burn, eventually you are going to take some body fat off, probably also some muscle too, <laughs> but you're going to lose some weight if you do that, and you can stick to it however you can manage to stick to it. I have been on many, 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 many forms of diet plans, restrictions, and exercise, including exercise bulimia. The second time that I went to Weight Watchers and took off 130 pounds, that took me two years. Now this time, I did better in that while I still was eating some diet foods, for the most part, I was eating food that I like and just counting that food in the points. For example, I hate diet soda. I never drink it, never have drank it since I left my house at 18. I really don't like the taste of any artificial sweetener at all. And I really don't like soda pop that well either. The only time I do is sometimes if I'm feeling nauseated, I like the ginger ale that tastes good to me. Or every once in a blue moon, I get hungry for a root beer, especially a root beer float. But for the most part, I guess I can count myself fortunate that like I've never wanted to drink Coca-Colas or Pepsis or 7-Ups or any other form of soft drink every single day. But when I was on Weight Watchers the second time, if I did want to have something to drink, that time I would have had the real thing. I would have gone and got an A&W root beer, not a diet root beer, if that makes sense. The first time in Weight Watchers, I would have got diet. I got diet everything. <laughs> I did everything I could to cut every calorie as fast as possible the first time around. So my experiences with Weight Watchers the second time was better for me long-term. It taught me a lot about what are the foods that I really like and gave me that thought in my head, is this worth it to me? Is this what I really want to eat right now? If I'm going to eat, do I really want to eat this versus something else? Unfortunately, my time with Weight Watchers did not help me address the underlying issues that caused me to be a binge dieting person. I still had all of the same struggles. What I learned there to my, my ill, it's not their fault, but I learned 
that if I had a binge, I could like over-exercise and try to mitigate that. So I really coupled in my mind the idea of exercise is there primarily to either get more calories or points for me to eat or more often make up for the calories or points that I overate because I was going through compulsive eating or binge behavior. And when I did Body for Life, I could not have eaten more clean food. I could not have worked harder. I was exercising under the guidance of a successful personal trainer. I was lifting weights. I could do 100 push-ups. I was very, very strong. I was a runner. I could run. I mean, even though I don't like fish, I was eating tuna fish on broccoli. Oh my God, I can't believe I still like broccoli to this day. All the tuna fish and broccoli and broiled chicken breast and spinach that I ate along with my whey protein shakes and eating every couple of hours and regulating my food like a fine Swiss watch. But as I shared with you before on my bikini disappointment episode, the second time around I did Body for Life, the whole progress in my body was almost zero. And I did as good as I could. So sometimes, brave companions, your willpower and your laser focus is not enough if your body has other ideas. You know, I was emailing back and forth with Diane the Champion about that because she has been successful with Body for Life. And what I'm concluding now, what I'm thinking now is that at the time I was doing it, the, the sheer amount of exercise and muscle building that I was doing on such a low calorie amount probably really kicked my poor body into true starvation mode where it said there is no way I'm letting go of anything. I think I just went into a metabolic balance there because honestly, they were calculating my calories down to what should have worked, what should have built muscle and reduced fat. And I was exercising exactly as they told me. And I did this for six months. Now the first three months I did make some progress, as I said, and everybody concerned thought, well, if we just go for one more course, this will break through for you and you're going to have that lean cut after picture that everybody associates with a successful weightlifting program. Sadly, that wasn't to be. And soon after that, as I shared before on my bikini disappointment one, I got a frozen shoulder, which put me off of exercise for almost one year. And the pity calories and the foods that I was eating to quote unquote make myself feel better after this devastating disappointment put probably 30 pounds of pure fat back on me toot sweet. <laughs> that's, that's for Stephanie in Quebec. Toot sweet means right away unbelievably fast. But now I've been sitting here musing and I did make it to the podcast rock. Yay, it's nice and shady here. It's starting to warm up a bit in the park. 
But my original question to myself was, why am I feeling blue when I'm having the success that I wished for? And I said to you at the start of this show, I told you all that I felt successful. So it wasn't just me feeling like, hey, this is pretty cool. I said out loud to you, brave companions here on the show, wow, I'm doing good. And somehow that has just triggered this panic of concern, almost like there's this God in heaven who's just waiting to zap me. Look, Lori, you think things are going good, and you are uppity enough to tell people that things are going good. Well, I'll show you, I'll teach you what doing good is. Just stand by, some horrible disaster is sure to occur. And I realized that I am scared, brave companions. I am scared of feeling good. I am scared. I mean, not like, oh, in a whiny, oh, I'm just so scared of success. It's not, I mean, physically scared, like I'm scared of heights. I am scared of heights. I realized this morning I have an actual fear. I feel like there's some cosmic guy or gal, I guess, not to be sexist with my crazy God feelings, but I feel like there's some universe karma dude who's sitting there with his lightning bolt ready to strike me through the heart if I ever say I'm doing well. It's kind of that voice about, well, who are you to be doing well? What makes you think you're doing well? Why are you bragging about wearing 18W? 18W isn't enough to get you an after picture in any magazine. 18W is disgusting. Why are you feeling happy when you're still an 18W? Have you seen the cellulite on your thighs lately? You can diet till the cows come home. And unless you see the surgeon to cut that dimply crap off your legs, you're going to have this forever. And on and on and on. So I say to myself, why are you talking to me like that? Why do I care if I have cellulite on my legs? So what? So somehow this realization of how much better I'm doing with my food relationship has unearthed these long-held beliefs that I guess were underneath the robot aliens about how I feel about my body on a subconscious level. And on a subconscious level, my critical, horrible person, who I have not named yet because I haven't really heard this person so clearly before in my mind, this voice, really, really, really hates my body and I think really hates me and thinks that if I am thinking that I'm good, I have another think of coming and things better change. And therefore, if I have a positive feeling and I admit it out loud, I am at risk of getting the wrath of this evil bastard voice of some sort. And that scares me. I feel like I'm two years old, like I'm a really tiny, tiny person. And this booming voice from on high is berating me in a terrible manner. I really feel tender and vulnerable and physically scared like I am delicate and not able to defend myself. It gives me a fear, a fear to say that I'm doing well. 
So somehow, by not doing well, I have been protecting myself against these feelings, this voice. As long as I'm not doing well, or I'm feeling down, or if I'm having self-doubt, if I'm saying things to myself at the conscious level, well, I've been doing pretty good, but after all, I'm still fat and still 18W. This inner scary voice is kind of nodding its head and agreeing, yeah, you got it. You might be doing good now, but you know what's going to happen. You're going to fall eventually. You know that. You know that you can't maintain anything good. You know you screw up every good thing in your life, that you push away people that you love, that you will screw up any job, any project, anything that you do, you will screw it up royal and you are going to fall on your face and you might as well just get your pillow out and get ready for the ride because it's a coming. You, girly, have set yourself up for the big, big fall now because you have gone publicly and said you are successful. Wow. I don't know about you, Brave Companions, but that's some pretty deep and heavy stuff. Definitely deep and heavy stuff. It makes total sense to me now that if I have an experience in my head that treats me like this, even at the subconscious level, that I would want to do anything and everything to keep that voice from talking to me. I don't want some bastard voice talking in my head. So I say, F you voice, you just get the heck out of my head. F you, I don't care what you think. I don't care where you came from. I don't care where you originated. I don't care what it is about you, but the true facts are that life is a balance. It isn't black and white. My body is perfectly fine as it is. So F you and get out of my head. Brave companion, sorry, sorry for saying F you, but if this wasn't PG-13, I'd be saying much worse than F. This voice is a bastard. Get out of my head, voice. You just come back. I dare you, you come back and talk to me anymore, and I'm going to kick your stupid voice ass. I am fine. I'm doing okay. It's okay for me to be however I am. It's okay. 99% of people have cellulite somewhere. I've seen movie stars up close, and they have it too. So get out of my head. Not everybody can be body for life champion. You know, the important thing is I gave it my all and I did my best and I did a hundred push-ups for goodness sakes. So screw you, stupid critical voice. So what if I have all these blessings in my life? So what? Everybody, no matter how many blessings they have, have days where they feel blue. Things can happen. You can be disappointed. So what if you should be happy with B plus when you were hoping for A? So what if that makes you disappointed? Sure, you should be proud of yourself, but it's not the end of the world that you let yourself feel disappointed, you stupid idiot voice. Get out of my head. Bend over. Let me give you the boot. Wow. I have to say I feel much, much better, and I'm glad I'm sitting here under the podcast rock yelling at the stupid, critical, bastardy voice in my head because I would feel pretty stupid walking around the park yelling, F you. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I have to recommend it. If you have a critical bastardy voice in your head, go find some place in the woods or where you can be by yourself, shut the door and scream into the pillow. F you, you stupid critical voice. I'm fine as I am and I'm going to boot your critical ass out of my head. Wow. Even the robot aliens are cheering now, I think. I think my robot aliens are kind of friendly little fellas, tell you the truth. 
I think they've been hanging around all these years trying to protect me and make me feel better. I think they might have been my little companions through my life. And I'm kind of happy to have robot aliens just as a companion, just to be hanging around. I can talk to them now. I don't have to beam them in. That's kind of neat. Now, have I gone all the way crazy? Maybe. I don't think so. I think what's happening, Brave Companions, is as I'm going to therapy, and as I'm sitting out here on the podcast rock, or hiking up to the Zen place, or going to the riverbed at Descanso, as I'm practicing feeling my feelings and expressing my feelings, there's stuff that comes up for me that I had no idea was there. And you guys feel pretty safe to me to express it. My therapist, for sure, is the safest place for me to express everything that I'm feeling. And what I'm feeling, I'm finding, has very, very, very little to do with what food did I eat unless I was using food as a means to, one, soothe myself or to beat myself up. And I see that that sometimes was a trigger for me, is that I would want to use food as a way to beat myself up and to say, see, Lori, look what an evil bitch you are, how worthless, how awful. You, you can't even resist these chips or Cheetos or this junk food that is full of chemicals and crap and is terrible, and, and you can't even resist that. But you know what? One of the benefits that I'm experiencing since I have worked through so many of these food classification issues for myself is that Cheetos and broccoli are on par. So if I feel like eating the Cheetos with the chemicals on them, I can, and I don't find them any better or worse than broccoli. So if I ate a few Cheetos, this voice doesn't have the foothold that it once did to berate me. So I guess I haven't had that feeling from actually eating, but I got that feeling from saying out loud that I'm a success. That let the toehold in. And the weird thing is, brave companions, even though I got that voice and I felt blue and all that, I still have not had a binge behavior. I really have not. Wow. Well, voice, get ready. I have not had a binge behavior for a really long time. So take that, would you? Go on, I dare you. Make me feel bad about it. I'm saying it out loud. I haven't been binging for a really, really long time. And I'll eat Cheetos if I damn well want. What are you going to do about it? Hmm. Silence. Guess that works. Just like to stand up to any bully. Stand up to the bully in your head if you have one. That's who you are, the bully in my head. Well, F you, bully in my head. (laughs) And by the way, I'm probably not going to eat Cheetos because I really realize that Cheetos don't taste that good to me and they definitely don't feel very good after I've eaten them in my tummy. (laughs) So they shall remain a happy childhood dream. And I think maybe I'll go home and make some quiche. I really like quiche. Maybe that's what I'll have for lunch. All right, enough talking about me. I did want to play some calls to the Bravery Hotline and go over some comments I got on day 69, the one that triggered this evil bully. So stay tuned and I'll be right back.
First up, I want to give thanks to Mark for agreeing to be my impartial observer and to produce that segment of how he thinks I'm doing, both with my food, my body, and our relationship with intuitive eating. And Diane the Champion wrote this about Mark's segment. Lori, I love the segment with your husband. My husband is the same way as Mark, short and straight to the point answers. It is great to see that he is seeing positive changes with your body. Screw the scale. Great job, Lori. And then I'm super excited. I'm going to play a phone call from Shawnee L. Remember, I gave a little bit of her story last time, and, but she wasn't ready yet to hear her voice. Well, she called again with her reactions about Mark's part of the show. And Shawnee also shared many thoughts that she has that are similar with what I'm experiencing with intuitive eating. And she further gave me permission to play her voice from last show. So I'm going to assume, Shani, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to play the call that you just sent me since it goes with the comments on day 69. But I really appreciate your phone call, and I'm going to play your history call on the next show that I do on day 71. So everybody, be sure to come to day 69 and give a shout out. I'm sorry, <laughs> please come to day 70 and give a shout out or on day 69 to Shawnee L for calling the Bravery Hotline. Lori, it's Shawnee L. I wanted to just say thank you for the last podcast. I just adore you. I absolutely adore you. I get you and I love what you did, had your husband um uh, give his honest opinion. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And um, I've tried to ditch the scale, or yeah, I have ditched the scale. And I'm going how my clothes fit and how I feel and look in the mirror. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm. It's so weird, Lori. I don't know if you've experienced this before, but it's like I'll look in the mirror and I actually, I, I like what I see, but then it's like. A part of me is, unless I get validation from someone because I'm maintaining my weight and it's been a while, and if no one tells me anything, look, I'm looking for that outside validation. I feel fat. Or if someone says, oh, you look great, you look so healthy, I take it as fat. And it's like, God forbid if they tell, you know, nothing is anything I can do to beat myself up. And then I'm wanting to get the scale, and then... What's the point of that, you know, because I know I've gotten more muscle and more toned and I, the scale ruins me. So why do I want to punish myself? Why things, it's like this new land, this new territory, and God forbid I'm happy with it. It's like, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. It's just new territory. So I just want to say, I appreciate you. Um, I've had a good, uh, I take that back. My last week was good, except I had at night a couple times, um, I, I binge. And um, it's hard because my husband has his stuff. And just, I love what you said about how your husband would bring treats home and then it'd be gone, you know? And it's like, I would find myself, me too. To bring it home and it just I feel itching in my skin knowing it's in the cupboard and moving it up hot to a higher shelf so I don't see it or doing that doing that and it's like 
my thinking is you can't have it at all or you got to have everything. And I'm learning to live in that gray area. <laughs> and that is just, uh, you know, one day at a time getting easier and easier. But um, it just, you know, other than living on a stranded island by myself, I'm going to be faced with this stuff. And I think that is what I'm learning to be okay with or if people want to go out to eat, not me trying to control it. I hate when people push the food on me. It's like, ah, and God forbid I just say no thank you. And why do I feel like I have to eat something to make these people happy? When people pleasing comes in, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't need to do that anymore. I end up walking away feeling like crap. If I'm hungry, that's fine, but not to do it just because it's being pushed on me. Um, So I needed to just say that out loud. I know I sound like I'm all over the place. But um, just those are the crazy thoughts in the head. And, um, you know, um, life is good and grateful. Um, I'm in control um, of my own actions, you know. And I don't, it, what other people's opinions don't matter, don't matter. And I need to say that out loud. But if you want to, going back to that last podcast, I'm going to be brave. And if you want to, put it out there my first one from last week um go for it okay Lori. um much love and hugs bye-bye thanks johnny hearing that call was one of the things that gave me the courage to kick the butt of that stupid critical bully in my head because when you got the bravery to call me and you shared your experience and i realized that i'm not alone that i'm not crazy that This is all part of the process. It was really comforting to me and helped me get out of that crazy, crazy, be mean to myself headspace that I was in. So not only is it great for the show and for other brave companions to hear the bravery hotline calls of what you're going through, you just never know when that resonates with me, Lori, on a personal level. And without the comments and the calls, from you brave companions, I don't think I would have made as much progress as I have if I were just walking around this park all on my own, (laughs) recording my thoughts and listening to them. That would have been illuminating, but it isn't nearly as great as when I get the feedback and the support from you to realize I'm not a strange idiot creature all by myself, but that my feelings resonate with others that there are other humans in the world that have had these experiences means everything in the world to me so shawnee i applaud you yay hip hip hooray you are on the bravery report 10 times over because i understand how hard that was to allow your voice to be on the show and i so appreciate what you had to say And Brave Companions, look forward to day 71, where I will play Shawnee's original call, and you will get to hear her story. Now, Diane the Champion and Donnie both called the Bravery Hotline last time, and I played those calls on day 69, and I thought it would be fun for you to hear their comments afterwards. Diane says, Wow, interesting listening to myself. As I heard it, I could tell I was nervous and choosing words carefully. 
I would like to say that through the course of finding this podcast, which has ultimately led me to other podcasts, I have found an interesting way to keep my binging to a minimum. After I called the Bravery Hotline, which was two weeks ago almost, I have been much, much better with my eating and have on a different mindset right now. So I am making progress. I will call the Bravery Hotline again in the near future and talk about more what is going on with me. I will say that one thing I am doing right now is whenever I feel like I'm about to binge, I put on my headset to my phone and use an audio diary app to record my feelings. It has helped me talk through these episodes without binge eating. Thanks, Lori, for this podcast. It has led me in a direction that I am not sure I would have found otherwise. XO. And Diane also wrote that she enjoyed Bryce, our listener from Rhode Island's comment on that show. Diane says, I really love Bryce's analogy about hiking and obsessive dieting. Wow, that is profound. And I want to throw that in there because I also super, super enjoyed Bryce, which is the nickname I gave to our brave Rhode Island companion extraordinaire. (laughs) I really enjoyed that hiking analogy. So if you guys have like some cool analogy like about hiking or cooking or swimming or anything, be sure to write it into the comments because I find that so creative and I really enjoy it. Now, Donnie also called the Bravery Hotline last episode, and this is what she had to say. I can so relate to so much you say, do, feel, Lori. I love your podcast, and thanks for the shout-outs. And wow, I sure sound strained when I'm wogging, laughing out loud. I walk fast, but didn't realize how breathless I'd sound. Anyway, Donnie has a lot more to say. She gives her reactions to other things she heard on the episode. So I'm going to leave a link to her comment there on day 69 so that you can read it. But I wanted to address what she says about how she felt she she sounded breathless. And I've heard this from other brave companions who call the bravery hotline when they're walking. Well, as you heard today, you can hear my breathing too. And I kind of like having that actually. Like Donnie, if you remember that day 69, you felt breathless, and you continue walking, and you try it again someday when you're walking, you can listen and see, has my breathing improved? Because sometimes when I'm walking around the park, I barely hear my breathing. Other times, I do hear it. But it's all good. It shows that we're real. It shows that we're out having a nice walk, and what could be better than that? So, Brave Companions, if you have a phone where you can record and call the Bravery Hotline while you're walking safely, Go ahead and give it a try. It's really fun. If it's too scary to go walking around having, you know, a big long conversation about your eating issues, call the Bravery Hotline and say, this is foolish fun. Go for a walk. Tell me a joke. Sing for a jaka. I was thinking that might be a fun thing. If you know how to count to 10 in another language, do that for foolish fun. Here, I know one. I told you I speak German. Here it goes. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn. There you go. I might even be able to count in French, but I don't want to embarrass myself in front of Stephanie from Quebec. So if you have any 10 seconds or 30 seconds of foolishness, a joke, a song, a quote, anything, go for a little walk, call the Bravery Hotline, and we'll have some foolish walking fun. Sound good? I hope so. up my time on the podcast rock here with a couple of comments on day 69 first from Cheryl and second from Helen 
So here is what Cheryl says on day 69. Lots of stuff to ponder there today. I think the thing that struck me the most was your comment that if we don't feel worthy within ourselves, we will suck in negativity. I thought, holy cow, perhaps I have to start dealing with negative things more than just comments too, from an inside out perspective and not let the negative stuff become outside in. Now that probably makes no sense, but I think the way things might have to work to throw off that shroud of shame you mentioned. Now that's just a roundabout way of saying, I guess I need to be my own champion, like buying those silly shoes I posted about this week. If I don't respect myself enough to do what I need to do for my own well-being, why the heck should I expect anyone else to? Not a new concept to me, but it certainly hit me in a different light today. Also, I really appreciated your comments at the end of the podcast about your personal binge eating experience. I realized listening to you that I haven't been in that position. That's not my problem. I'm more in that place Donnie was mentioning up above in her comment. I'm a forager, especially like Diane when I'm alone. I really need to be around people and being stuck at home is a death knell for me when it comes to eating. I wonder if maybe your newfound courage in filling up your life with things you're passionate about, new people, new dreams, isn't one of the biggest contributors to your success in your life right now. After all, how many of us just use food to fill up that empty space left by lack of connections in our life? Great podcast today. Okay, brave companions, I want to say that last sentence again because that so resonated with me and I think Cheryl is absolutely spot on that my being brave and putting myself on my own bravery report by doing things like going to the voice actor social meeting, by going to the writing group, by putting the stupid coffee button on my website and saying, here, if you click this and send me money, you'll be supporting me. All of these things that I've done that are so outside of my comfort zone have really, really helped me see food as food and not as the glue that holds my entire life together. And I just can't tell you what a difference it makes. And if you're not up to that, I understand that too because, oh my God, that was so scary. It's still scary. It's still scary for me to go to those groups. I'm not used to it. I'm an isolator. I do really well in a big group, like if I'm giving a speech or I'm teaching a class. I do really well because I've kind of pre-planned what I'm going to say and I, I know that I can tell a story well. I know that I can communicate pretty well. But those one-on-one -on -one interactions, those connections that I'm building in person, are so tough for me. It is so out of my comfort zone to do that. And yet it's so what I've been craving. Why do I like you, the brave companions, to comment? Well, one, it makes me feel good, like what I have to say is worthwhile. But two, I've really been getting to know you, whether it's through the phone calls to me or through emails back and forth. I'm getting a sense of who you are and I feel like I'm being real with you in a way that is hard for me to do if we just happen to meet in some cocktail party. Does that make sense to you, brave companions? Because we've been kind of like pen pals, because I'm talking to you, I know you've heard me. And because I've been real with you, I know you have kind of a sense of who I am, the, the best things and maybe the not so good things, but you have a sense of me and yet you still write to me. You still talk to me. 
And if we happen to meet up in real life, you would probably at least give me a chance. And because I would feel like I sort of knew you already, I'd probably give you a chance too. Now that doesn't mean that every single one of us, if we met in real life, would become best friends. Because, you know, to be, have a, a long-going friendship means you should have things in common, probably more than just dealing with food issues. Now, Sandy is a brave companion I met in real life, and she and I have things in common besides our dealings with food issues. So she and I really are developing a true friendship. But even if you and I were to meet in real life and stayed at the friendly acquaintance level, I don't think I would be terrified like I am meeting people in general. And as I'm getting over that fear with you, it's helping me to get over that fear of meeting others in real life. I'm not sure if this is all making sense right now, but it is something that I'm pondering. And Cheryl, you're absolutely right that my taking that step, especially steps that build connections away from food, is what's really, I think, the key to any success that I'm feeling today and the progress that I'm making. Then I was very excited to hear from our brave Helen. She's been trying to catch up for quite a while. And originally I got to know her on Facebook. And she was very struck by Cheryl's comment on day 69 as well. And she says, Hi, Lori, it's Helen. Whew, I have finally just about caught up halfway through podcast 69. And I have even managed to listen to your interview with Alan. It was fab. Well done, you. I do hope you manage to get together in future and do more. Okay, I'm going to break into her comment right now. Yes, I'm going to record with Alan next week, in fact. I just firmed it up with him via text and email. So I'm going to record for his show next week early. And I don't know when he will post it, but we will have another walk around the park on Alan's Progress Not Perfection coming up. Now I'm going to stop because there's an airplane overhead. Stand by. Okay, that airplane has gone by and back to Helen's comments. There has been so much to take in over the many podcasts and so often I wanted to write to you. The topics and subjects do not come as easily to me as to others. When I'm listening while I'm jogging, I feel I can relate so much to what you are saying. But when I'm home, I just don't know where to start, especially if I have listened to a few podcasts in one go. But again, thank you so much. You are such an inspirational, brave lady to do what you do, and it means so much to us all. Thank you to all of my shout-outs. Now I've caught up, and for an update regarding Gracie on Podcast 64, let's hope she is well. Hello to all new Brave Companions. I think there's a lot of new Brave Companions since my last post, so I'm going to cheat and say hello to you all in one place, and then I'm not missing anyone out. The thing that struck me was the comment from Cheryl that if we don't feel worthy within ourselves, we will suck in negativity. And I thought, holy cow, perhaps I have to start stealing with negative things more than just comments too from an inside-out perspective and not let the negative stuff become outside-in. I, Wow, I can really relate to that. I have very low self-esteem, but we would not allow a friend or stranger to talk to us the way we talk to ourselves. So why do we do it to ourselves? What do we achieve from it? Well, Helen, I 
so appreciate what Cheryl had to say. I think that was kind of the impetus for my whole let's kick the bully in our head ass today. I think maybe that bully is trying to make us safe. Maybe the bully is like a drill sergeant trying to shape us up so that we can become perfect and therefore safe in the world. But, you know, some people just do not respond to that drill sergeant bully type encouragement, okay? <laughs> some people need kind of a softer approach. And however we got that bully in our head, let's tell them take a hike. Tell them to take a hike and we'll go take our own hike in our own way. So until next time, brave companions, I'm going to sign off here from the podcast rock in my local park on a nice day in Southern California. I'm going to count my blessings and you are all part of that list. So take care because I really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. I'm letting go.